0: Welcome to a football show, Monday edition, victory Monday edition, for basically everyone in the state of Tennessee. The Tennessee Titans, winners at a 6 out of 7. They, of course, defeat the Denver Broncos on Sunday afternoon at Nissan Stadium. We'll get to that. Lots to discuss about Ryan Tannehill, Derrick Henry, the eliteness of the defense. Zach, we will talk about the Tennessee Volunteers win over Missouri. And you know what? We get to talk about a Vanderbilt Commodores victory in the SEC for the first time. In like four seasons, 2019, 2019, October 19th.
1: Who was that? 2019? By the way, was that
0: University of Tennessee, Missouri? Uh, stop Missouri, that. stop that. Uh, so, welcome to the show. Of course, we are here at the pharmacy. Yes, it is a November Monday, and yes, it is a little chilly, but it's still gorgeous. It's still out. It, it's still a beautiful beer garden back here at the pharmacy. And uh, by the way, hi Zach. This is Hello. Zach. I'm hi, Braden. Uh, I will say this: like it, you can sit inside at the pharmacy. Yeah, the food is still tastes just as good. Inside, as it does outside. That's I know, correct. I know Titans fans are worried about the dome stadium, and we like real grass and everything. But you can sit inside. He, you can, can see it. that the
1: the real grass really helped ease injuries yesterday.
0: <laughs> we'll talk about Caleb Farley. We will talk about Elijah Molden, who got injured, of course, yesterday. Half the defense didn't play uh to begin with, but we are still here with a victory to celebrate. And you should come to the pharmacy. And wiener
1: shots, wiener shots, wiener shots. Like 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 that's that's a video shot. You oh, get the video oh, shot like of the a, wiener, like a close up of your wiener. Yeah, yeah, here you go. It's got Wiener it. picks. Okay,
0: wiener picks. That's right. Uh, During the pharmacy <laughs> ad read, we're talking about <laughs> wiener picks. I love it. No, look how delicious this is. We've got the curry worst, the knack worst, and the Jager worst. It's delicious. The tots are great, and I will say this: this Dijon mustard right here. The best mustard in, this, in the city of Nashville. If, if I had right. a fork near me, I'd Far probably right. like put it in there, and I would just go on camera and just stick just put the, the whole, whole wiener.
1: Well, I wouldn't get the whole wiener, but I'd take right a big bite.
0: How much do you think? Yeah, never mind. Um, Weiss Liquors. <laughs> Weiss Liquors. Shop at Weiss Liquors, by the way. Locally owned and operated since 1932. Make sure you search Uber Eats. Weiss Liquors. Have the booze delivered to your house in as quickly as 20 minutes, Zach. They drive so you can drink. There you have it. And, of course, the Kingston Group, buildkg.com. If you're going to make a big decision about your house, if you're going to do a renovation, big project, a a new addition, whatever you want to do, you're buying a house, you want to do anything to that new place, you're making decisions, talk to the Kingston group, buildkg.com. They are, again, locally owned and operated here in Nashville for over a decade. Same thing with the pharmacy, same thing with Weiss Liquors, and of course, same thing with Kingston Group. So just look, support local businesses. Uh, That's all that we ask you to do here on a football show and celebrate victories across the board in the state of Tennessee. What else should people do if they would like to be notified of the products that we
1: deliver, they should be turning on notifications on basically any kind of platform. Search for 40 sports. We're talking Twitter. We're talking Facebook. We're talking YouTube. Turn on those notifications for, 440 40 sports. That way you never miss a beat and come on to YouTube, come on to Facebook and just come talk to us. It's going to be great. we we have already got some comments here. Um, complimenting the 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 wieners here and then also complimenting how great pharmacy is and how classy it is compared to people complaining about ut which we will get to oh later on down the road Ooh. so come on in as well because we'll be inside so now you can't use uh, well it's too hot or it's too cold it's too bright <laughs> we're gonna be inside so come be an audience member
0: it, this is no- nothing is more nashville than complaining about it being too hot over like 70 degrees and complaining about it being too cold, like under sixty, and you're like, the only time I'll come sit on a patio is between sixty and seventy degrees. That's the most natural thing I've ever yeah. heard of. So, uh, make sure you come on out, man. For lunchtime, bring the kids. After work, bring the kids. You can get out of here for like fifty bucks. Family of four, we do it all the time. My wife and my two daughters. Um, they love the tots. They love the mustard, and of course, you got the brats, the burgers, the beer. What are you drinking there, man? What are you drinking? This
1: there? is a Pauliner Oktoberfest, which I would never go. have. In my life, guessed by just the look of it, that it was actually an Oktoberfest beer. I love that. I do I love too. A good Oktoberfest. This is Fest. like right up
0: my alley. It's not Das Boot, which is probably the nickname for the Titans punter at this point. We'll, we'll get to Stonehouse as well. The rookie having an exceptional season. All right, let's. We'll we'll, we'll break down the game. We'll obviously talk SEC. A lot of Titans here today. Quick scheduling note before we get into anything else. Uh, that is on Friday. Thursday show is not going to happen because the game is going to happen Thursday night. So we thought, why not wait until after the game to do the show? So Friday morning, about 10 a.m., that's when we're going to do the show. Uh, we'll recap everything from the Titans. This is the week, basically, that the SEC is off, essentially. <laughs> they're, yes. They're all playing like FCS teams with the exception of like Tennessee and maybe a few others, but mostly off. So we're going to spend the entire show on Friday, 10 a.m. live, God's time, central time. Uh, from one of us will be... Live from Green Bay, and we will recap the entire game.
1: Yes. Uh, Hopefully, I am. Are you keeping it a secret of which one of us is actually going to be at Green Bay? No, no. I'm going to be there. Hopefully, (laughs) not too hungover on Friday morning.
0: Uh, I'm going with a few enablers.
1: Well, let me say this. there's a There's these packets I saw that people swear by. Now, not the packets that you kind of see everybody have nowadays, the little electrolyte packets filled up with sugar. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a new one. I think it's called Water Can Boy or attaboy Boy Water Can or Water Boy something. Anyway, no sugar, so you actually feel a whole lot better. It's just pure electrolytes that uh-huh. is made. It is t- specifically made not for hydration, okay, but for hangovers. Get rid of the toxins. Yes. Yeah.
0: There, there's one that's- Or you of, just get the party patch. Yeah, there's one that's- Yeah, just get the IV uh, No, no, well. no. Just the patch. There's one that you can just wear throughout just the night? Wear.
1: It's just wear. It's, it's just a patch. Does it keep you warm too?
0: No. Uh, look, the high is 29 <clears throat> degrees on okay. Thursday evening. Uh, so it will be interesting. We'll we'll give you a little preview of the game as well. But again, recap Friday a football show, half live from Lambeau, 10 a.m. That's the the other episode this week that we're going to do. So make sure you check that out. I've got we'll have some stuff planned for you guys as well uh, as we head up there um, and uh, make the journey to football mecca. And if you're a Titans fan and you've not been, obviously it's a little late to play in the trip. But I will say, like it is the mecca of football experiences to go to a cold game at Lambeau Field. Everyone should do it. It's like going to Baton Rouge, Louisiana, if you're an SEC fan, like you should make the trip to Lambeau one of these years uh if you get a chance to do it. So big game coming up, and we'll preview that one a little bit later on. Before we get to Tannehill and how gritty and tough he was and all the cliches and how good the Titans defense was. Injury updates for your favorite Titans player in the history of the world.
1: Caleb well, Caleb. I will I will say that I'm not I'm not here to do anything other than that just sucks. It sucks for yeah. Caleb Farley that On a special teams action, he suffered a back injury. We do not know the severity of it, but this is a more than likely an aggravation of the old injury that he had in college or where he also had the surgery on. Obviously, maybe it's not as bad as what the tweet Ian Rappaport puts out says because he was the first one to report it and it suspiciously came after Mike Vrabel was done with his pe- press conference. I don't know if you noticed the timing of that tweet, but obviously he was in the mood to ask, answer questions about the offensive coordinator, so he's definitely not going to be in the mood to answer questions about Caleb Farley.
0: And Vrabel's press conference was 15 minutes earlier <laughs> yes. than it normally was. Totally coincidental. <laughs> yeah, totally probably, coincidental. Probably,
1: but, Maybe. Allegedly. But I, I hate it for Caleb Farley because you, a guy struggling with all kinds of issues, not only... You know, just being able to stay healthy. But now, you know, he had issues with learning the playbook, being able to enact the plays, was starting to make some headway on special teams. They had all kinds of injuries, which we'll talk to you about on the defense, but they were looking for ways to not put Caleb Farley on the field for defense yesterday. So it's just, you know, hopefully it's not like some debilitating injury, but obviously just another bump in the road or major bump in the road for a guy that just never could get off the ground and live up to that first round pick and all that athletic profile. And I hate it for him.
0: No, and and first of all, I was not suggesting that you were rooting for the injury. No one is, is doing that.
1: But just – it just – You'd be surprised what you see on Twitter, that's, but – That's fair. That's yeah. fair.
0: It, it, I just – I want to make sure it's clear that I was not suggesting that that's what you were doing because nobody's rooting for that. But back injuries, neck injuries, head injuries, all stuff that's super scary, of course, in football. So we hope that you there, – there's like a personal – we hope he's okay thing. And then there's like the football element, which is it's not going to look good on J Rob if he never comes back, which yeah. is again, a totally separate
1: conversation from, is he doing okay? Like we want him to be okay. So uh, yeah. Elijah
0: Molden <coughs> banged up as well with the growing, I think as well. Yeah.
1: There's a good, good chance that Caleb Farley probably is not going to be coming back this year. I, I would say that based on Vrabel's comments that they don't risk p- uh, players health that he even said today, I think that means that he's going to be one of the players, many players that go on IR this, 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 this year yep uh many many many
0: players who have gone on ir almost as bad as last year so we'll get to that especially on the defensive side of the ball zach Lines, Braden gall here on a football show brought to you by the pharmacy and uh i, I believe did you do the kingston group breed did i, I miss that i talked about the kingston group okay. thanks for listening uh and then we had weiss lickers as well george says i'm all about the patio life between about 45 and 85 degrees as long as i'm dressed appropriately it is about appropriate attire my wife is concerned about my general well-being my my father and my cousin are all going to the game and she is concerned about my well-being in the cold. And I'm like, as long as it's not raining, 30 degrees is not that bad if you're prepared for it. It's just it's it's not like negative 10. Negative 10 is what was when shit gets real.
1: Yeah. So Well, there's a difference between, you know, you you, you got the sweatshirt on. I mean, you, you probably only need what corduroys pants sweatshirt. Probably only need about two more layers for thirty degrees, right? Pro- probably, yes. Yeah. So it's because it, of the wind up there it's too. It's the
0: wind and the wet. If it's raining, that's you're totally your your entire night is screwed. Like your yeah. whole night is screwed. So if you're going, you, you need the hard shell on the outside. Just make sure you pack that. But like if you do a thermal layer, like a base layer with like some dry wick that's real warm. And then you do like one fleece and then like one jacket, you're fine. Like you can, 30 degrees is not that bad, especially after a couple glasses of whiskey. So, yeah. um, everybody's going to be okay, but 85 degrees, I don't know, George, that's a little warm for my taste on a patio. Yeah, uh, Not for
1: me. I can, I could probably go really? all the way up to a hundred, but with clothing on like, yeah, well, I mean, I could do it naked too, but I think I would pool, get arrested. I
0: meant like at a pool with like a swimsuit, 85 to a hundred is comfortable.
1: Eighty-five here in Nashville God, is very comfortable. It's humid as shit in this town. Anyway, it's just t-shirt. Listen, I don't, I don't dress fancy. Just t-shirt Tim, and athletic pants. Tim, Tim Shorts. asks,
0: uh, are you going to be rooting against the Titans, Braden? No comment. Here's what I root for every single year: the Titans and the Packers to play in the Super Bowl. Uh, true story. That's what I want to see every single year. Is the Titans? I don't think and it's Packers happening this year. It's not. Um, but that's what I root for. Seriously, since. 1997, when I moved here, when the Titans got here, I've rooted every single year for the Titans and Packers to play in a Super Bowl, and I had a chance last year actually going into the yeah. one seeds on both sides. Yeah. So, uh, all right, S- talking about injuries, Ryan Tannehill, not uh, you know you mentioned Vrabel not wanting to put a player out there to get themselves hurt. Um, I think it's interesting that some of the decisions they made to hold back Jeffrey Simmons, hold back Bud Dupree, hold back a Money Hooker, guys that you want them to play on Thursday if you need them to, and they're close to re- being ready to go, you kind of hold them back for a short week, but you don't hold Tannehill back because you needed him. And he goes out there, certainly rusty at the beginning, but he was huge on third down in the fourth quarter. He made a couple of big explosive plays with you guessed it, Zach,
1: a wide receiver, <laughs> just not the wide receiver you're expecting. Although, although that, I'll take it.
0: Although Burks did make a couple of big, couple of nice plays, Yeah, but Nick Westbrook, a career day, best day of his entire career off a of flea flicker. I just thought Ryan Tannehill toughness, he, the, the scramble there when he ran and actually picked up a big first down to score uh, that that drive, again, there was some rust. The running game didn't work, third down conversions, but when it came down to it, Ryan Tannehill made big plays in that game, and that is the difference between Malik Willis and a starting NFL quarterback.
1: Well, you, you look at it and you think that, well, even obviously gimpy Ryan Tannehill, which he was, he was not full strength, is still better than full health Malik. And heck, you also saw it on the handoff that was suspiciously the weirdest times. fucking play call. I mean, I've never seen a, a, an offensive coordinator that has the worst time. We might we might argue about that one though. I I we'll, we'll get to that. In yeah, uh, there's no argument unless you, unless we're both agreeing and it's then it's not an argument because if you're disagreeing that it was poor timing, it. it
0: All right, let's go to t- let's finish okay. saying positive things about Tan Hill before we begin the weekly <clears throat> Todd Downing discussion. When,
1: when people bring up games. And they say, this team cannot win unless the run game works. They cannot score points unless the run game works. Point to this game. I'm sure there's another game in 2019 that I'm forgetting that has worked like that. I want to say it's either the Tampa Bay or the Carolina game. Maybe even the Chargers game. But There are games where this is a game where Ryan Tannehill, I think, dropped back to over 30 times. I think he even attempted over 30 passes. And then on top of that, you have no interceptions, two passing touchdowns and 255 yards in the air. And all, he's injured. All of the first downs came through the air. And and listen, not only is he injured, not only did the first down passes all come through there like you said, the the fact that Derrick Henry was a non-factor. I mean, mm. hell, you could have told me that Derrick Henry was injured. I that I mean that's how much of a non-factor he felt like yesterday and that's that's because the run blocking was horrendous, but because the, also the Denver defense sold out yet again. And normally when they sell out, you don't have anybody to step up and make plays, but they were able to make plays despite Robert Woods being a steaming pile of dog crap in that game.
0: So I looked at some of the – by the way, excellent memory by you. Tampa Bay, they had 72 yards rushing in 2019. That was Tannehill's second start, I believe, after the Denver game, which brings back wonderful memories for everybody. They had 97 yards rushing the week before against the Chargers and won. 72 is really bad uh, for this team. So good memory on you, Eric, with with 2019. Um, Out of their – they were 6 of 16 on third down, so not great. But they were good late, and I'll get to that in a second. Uh, 14 first downs, not a lot. We expected this to be a low-scoring game. Two first downs via the run. One via the penalty and 11 via the pass, which means they were converting with Ryan Tannehill, whether it was third down or second down. It was all about Ryan Tannehill. Um, The last three – the last two drives in particular – 17-yard completion on 3rd and 11 to Austin Hooper for a first down. That was the 3rd down conversion right before the Malik Willis play. 3rd uh, and 5, 8 yards to Austin Hooper, first down. And then, of course, 3rd and 4, the pass to Chig where he breaks it and, and goes for 41 yards. Certainly the 3rd third, third and 7, the last one, was an incomplete pass. But three of their last four conversions on 3rd down were because of Ryan Tannehill. And the big plays were because of Ryan Tannehill. I thought the whole thing on offense, you got to give the credit to Ryan Tannehill.
1: And look, it, listen, if he... Hatton came off a two-game stretch where he didn't play and obviously was working through rust, which very few people wanted to give that like thought. They are like, oh, well, he just sucks. Let's put in Malik Willis because he's just not right. No, he just has to get there. He has to warm up a two-game stretch. I mean, he's not playing, warming up. It's, it's take a few hits. Sometimes it's got to happen like that. And he was the reason why the Titans were able to put up any points. And that's just plain and simple. It wasn't because of Derrick Henry. It wasn't because of anything other than Ryan Tannehill probably doing his best, I guess I would say, and gutsiest performance. I don't know if I'd say best, but I think it's it's like the Vrabel I think win. It's a hell of
0: a gutsy performance. It's
1: like the Vrabel win a couple weeks ago where we talked about that yeah. it was probably his best win. It may not look pretty. And this Ryan Tannehill win did not look pretty. It's not the box score, darling game. But it's probably his best and gutsiest win, hands down.
0: I, I think Tannehill showed a uh, a lot of. I, I don't. I'm not going to make the comparison to former quarterbacks who played for the Titans, but there was that that scramble where he gets the guy clips him by the ankle, he picks up the first down, and then doesn't really leave the game, and then throws the touchdown pass after that. Like that was that's some old school football type of stuff. Like you you want to be a part of this team. I don't know. Like, I don't think there were ever any questions. And I don't I think we talked about this last week. I don't understand any questions about Ryan Tannehill's toughness or leadership or commitment. You can you can ask questions about Kenny Reed a playoff level defense on third and seven in the fourth quarter of a playoff. This, game. Let me say this, sure, but this is a playoff toughness.
1: level defense. Yeah. I mean, if you're going yeah. by the sheer numbers of it, obviously the offense sucks and the team sucks. But Denver has one of the best defenses in the NFL, and they passed on him. And that was the strength, really, is the yep. pass defense. And they passed on him with guys like Nick Westbrook, Traylon Burks, and uh, Robert Woods. And we talk about it, and I'll reiterate it again. Robert Woods has got a poo-poo. And I'm kind of I'm kind of sick of it, and I hate it because I think a lot of it has to do with injury. I think some of it is new quarterback, new, and not necessarily a new offense because it's kind of the same yeah. family. Not another receiver to help him for a big chunk of the
0: season. Yeah. I don't know. I I I think that I've gotten to the point where, because the acquisition cost was so low and the risk was so low, that I still think he's been a valuable member of the team from a development standpoint. Younger players, guys that he can. It's all intangible stuff, and it. But at some point during a seventeen game season, you have to produce statistics. Mm-hmm. Like you have to catch the pass that's thrown to you, which he generally does. He has extremely high catch rate. You know,
1: yesterday was just one of those days. Yeah, Nothing yeah. could go right for him. And yeah. and listen, Tannehill was slinging it. And throwing bullets into tr- double and triple coverage and hitting his receivers in the hands. Yep, they were catchable balls, and that's the thing to me is that everything. It, I I saw a few people talk about the Jeff Swain passing like the very first drive or whatever, and you're like, "Well, there, was not anywhere near him? Well, how can it hit someone in the fucking hands but not be anywhere <laughs> near him? It's a catch. It's an off-target <laughs> throw, but a catchable ball."
0: I'm trying to remember. I was watching a game with a buddy, or maybe it was my dad, and like. It was the same kind of thing, like where the quarterback makes the throw. And I'm, and I, it's one of those where like two people have the instant reaction to the play and haven't seen the replay yet. And I look at my, I looked at, I, I think it was my buddy, and I was like, I was like, dude, you got to catch that. You know how you have that reaction when you see yeah. a play happens and the ball goes and it flies over a receiver. And you're like, dude, you got to catch that. And the guy's like, throw needs to be better. And then they run the replay and it hits him in the hands. And you're like, I don't know where else he's supposed to throw it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> no, listen, it wasn't a great throw because obviously he, he, Tannehill, this is the beginning of the game, and he already been sacked once, I think, before this pass. And Tannehill was kind of moving around like there was a bunch of pressure. And it really wasn't. It was a pretty good pocket. So he created his own. He started seeing ghosts. Seeing ghosts, yeah. And then, Which with this offensive line, I don't blame I, him. Yeah, I don't blame him either. And he threw it, and it wasn't a great pass, but it was a catchable pass. <laughs> if it hits you in the hands, and first right. off, maybe Jeff Swaim should get the cement out of his shoes and actually go out there and start running towards the ball. You know, catch it so you can actually get some yards. This is—I just am sick of Jeff Swain. I, I think the
0: cement's actually in the feet. Yeah, like it's, not, it's like the actual feet. The instead inside, of bones, shoes. Yeah. instead
1: of bones, it's cement.
0: It's actual cement. But you know what? He's still the best run blocker on the, of the tight ends on the team.
1: Yeah, and that's debatable in my opinion. <laughs> so
0: tune into football and other f words in the Mike Herndon show to hear you two yell about Jeff Swain's value to this team. He loves Jeff Swain. <laughs> it's not going to be Chig. And Hooper, it's going to be swame and one of the two. I could just hear his voice already r- repeating it. Um, all right, we're here at the pharmacy, of course, over in East Nashville. Uh, make sure you come on by. Great place to grab lunch. We got the Kingston Group. Support them as well. If you're making a big decision about your house, buildkg.com is the website. Weiss Liquors as well. Uber Eats, search Weiss Liquors. Andrew, they'll deliver the booze.
1: They drive so you can drink.
0: There you go. Um, Andrew's the manager. If you're, you know, I'm a little intimidated by wine selection, I'm not a big wine guy.
1: Uh, I know you like wine uh, from time to time. I just I buy whatever looks pretty. There you go. Uh, so I, graphic, I know what I like. Look, I like Savion Blanc, <laughs> uh, so I'm always going to go Savion Blanc first in It's so Always going to be from okay. New Zealand, and if I go okay. to reds, it's usually Argentina or Chile, All right. and usually a Malbec or a red blend.
0: Okay, I I, I don't. Mind I just a, stay in my wheelhouse. I don't. I don't have true. to venture out. So if you do want to venture out, maybe the wife wants you to venture out, or somebody somebody else wants you to venture out, uh, and you go into the. Into into Weiss Liquors, just ask Andrew. Hey, can you give me some help with some wine or some bourbon? He'll give you some great advice and he'll he'll help you out there because it can be intimidating. You know, I agree with you. I stay in my lane too, but sometimes you know it's okay to venture out a little bit. So, uh, Weiss Liquors, Kingston Group, and of course, right here at the pharmacy. Um, defense.
1: Let's do. Well, I, well, let's oh. go to this play. Let's talk oh, about oh, this yes, play yes. that you that you think was the right play called at the right time. I didn't say that. I said. The reason it
0: didn't... Okay, I haven't said this yet, so we probably should say it. Yeah, Uh, The Malik Willis play call. I don't have a problem with the play call. Because Malik Willis has been the starter for two straight weeks, and he should know how to hand the football off. He has done that play, the zone read option. That has been the only thing he did in college for his entire career. The only thing that I feel comfortable with Malik Willis truly doing is walking in and Handing it off like that. Now, did, did he and Derek not, did Derek take the ball? Bu- like I don't know what happened. I don't think, and what did Vrabel say? I texted you this today after Vrabel's press conference. Where oh, Vrabel's it was
1: something of like players play, but teammates are more important he, than players. He, he, and yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So he basically says, because he was asked about the play call.
1: Like, ring around the rosy he's like, bullshit.
0: Players are more important than calls. Teammates are more important than players. Now, the first half of that, I understand. The call is the call. You've prepared for the call. The call was something you probably practiced and you studied.
1: And I, I contend that they do not practice these enough.
0: <laughs> That's true. But let's pretend, hypothetically, the professional athletes practice this. No. And and the call is made. I don't think the coaches would put it in there and practice
1: it enough. You his, only have a limited amount of time.
0: His point is players are more important than calls. I agree with that. The players have to execute the play. They're the ones who have to get open and catch the football and make the read and throw the football and make the blocks, and blah, 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 blah. And they, the player failed miserably. The two players, whether it's Derek or Malik, I don't know specifically. Uh, teammates are more important than players. I, I, is that a? Is
1: I that think like it's a, a some the, of the whole of the parts or whatever. I,
0: I guess that's how I took it too. Is like when they all work together, we are stronger. Blah, yeah. blah 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 blah. But like that's not an answer. Um, just say like, hey, we probably shouldn't have risked it there because that's two times they've done
1: that now, and both times they were it was three times, turnover, but twice you know. with Malik, but three times in general. They they make these weird play calls. They've done it twice with Malik and once with Ching. They're overthinking it, and like everything else is working. Your back, your drop back pass the game is working. Wasn't working though, well, yeah. But you don't need the run game to work. The, everything else is working. That's true. And, but so it's like it's like when they went down the field with De- Deontay Foreman all the way down the field, and they were like, "No, now we're gonna switch it up." We, it was working too good. <laughs> we can't. We can't allow that. We cannot let it work.
0: So it was third and 11, the previous set of down. So it's not like it was great, the, the previous set. They had run the ball on the previous down, I believe, and got like a yard or nothing on like second and two. They had gotten nothing. So then they bring him in, and because Derek hasn't worked all, all game, the running game hasn't worked all game, the running game didn't work the play before, I, I can see trying to bring in an athlete to get him into space on third and two when you're in plus territory. Now, the result is to me the player's fault. Like Malik and Derrick Henry cannot fumble the football there. It if can- nothing else, take it, eat it, and fall on it, and take the <clears> loss and punt the ball away. But you can't, like, the fumble is not on the play call's fault. Like, because Malik, the one thing Malik Willis should be able
1: to do is run that handoff. That is the one L- thing. Let me ask you a question. Is a professional athlete. Would the fumble have happened if it wasn't for that play call? Like, why are you putting Malik out there in third and two in the fourth quarter when you're barely up ahead? When you've got the game on the line, why do you continue to do stupid play calls? So, like, I get that the execution.
0: I I can't prove you wrong here. It's a counterfactual. But but he has, if, 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 how about this? If Malik Willis had not started the previous two games, I would have far bigger problems with it. But, like, the fact that he ran the first team offense for two straight weeks and got them to a win,
1: and and then obviously but they really didn't Kansas run city. that type of play when he was playing in there, the play where he takes it out. He only, they only did that like once or twice, you they, know, that to me lets me know that they weren't really comfortable with that set, of, even though he did in college. I,
0: I would love to know that. I would love to know that specific angle or yeah. whatever, like where he's handing it off. Cause there's a lot of, they did a lot of him pulling it against Kansas city. Like he'd pull it and he'd run to the edge and he'd pull it and he'd run to the edge. He did a lot of that. So my, if I'm Todd Downing or I'm Vrabel or on anybody on the offense, I saw him do it the two weeks before. Uh, the running game's not working. We feel like changing it up because we feel like we've been getting a look from the defense, and this is why we're doing it. Like, I just don't... That one I don't hate as much as the the one where he hadn't played. that I, make sense? I, I, well,
1: I think the problem that I have with it is that it's a trend. I mean, it's now literally a trend that they get into these close games, and the stuff on the offense is currently working, and then they inexplicably, on third down, decide, we're going to try a completely different play that we know has not worked the last two times we tried trickery. Like so you're it, talking
0: about the Chig, the jet Chig, sweep in Week One yeah. against the Giants, right? And then, and then the, the Willis the, fumble. Against Willis the Colts. fumble,
1: and then this one.
0: So I, th- the only difference I have between those two because Chig hadn't played a game in the NFL, so I think you can make the case that and Malik was, hadn't played a game exactly. In, in those NFL. two, those two, to me, I'm much. I have a much bigger problem with. Again, it's more about to me. Matt, Willis not, has two games of experience, two weeks of running this offense.
1: Just he don't do be it. Don't get do cute. It.
0: Why are you getting cute? I, I, that's for that's why they make all the money. Well, or not or, or shouldn't. Make <laughs> well, money. Some,
1: someone's probably not gonna be making money for a while. Once the season's ever. That's, but, that's, you know.
0: if, if you had anything to do with it, we know what you would do. <laughs> Todd yeah. Todd.
1: Fire fucking Todd Downing. <laughs> all right. Is that you? you Which we knew, now the question is, does he even like, I don't know where this came from. But now the question is, does he even call the plays? Like now, there's apparently this <laughs> thing where, because I saw it pop up yesterday before PK asked the question, does Todd call all the plays, or yeah, how, how do you
0: feel about all the play calling, or something like that was the
1: question. Yeah, something like that. Or he specifically asked, does Todd call all the plays,
0: and the answer today from Brable was
1: yes. Yeah.
0: Now he goes. It he was kinda, yes,
1: but it was like a, yeah, yeah. a weird yes. It was
0: yes, and then a, he's like, he specifically calls the. He is the one who talks to the quarterback. He specifically says the words. But apparently people think that Ryan
1: Tannehill cut all the plays on the one touchdown drive. And then, you know, now Tim Kelly calls a half. Tim Kelly does call a half. You know, I love a good conspiracy (laughs) theory on Twitter. But But at some point, point, we just got and I'm tired of people comparing Todd Downing to Shane Bowen. It's not the same situation. No, no, it's not close. Okay, like we we don't have to give Todd Downing any more time and we can see what just happened. With Shane Bowen, we know yeah. based on Oakland, Shane Bowen was a non-entity before he became DC and had the the faux defensive coordinator thing going on with Vrabel. Todd Daniel, we saw him in Oakland with Amari Cooper. We know yeah. what he is. So part, I'm tired of it. Part of the I'm tired reason, of Todd yeah, I know, I know and I know. his know. stupidity I'm and more. no feel for game flow, no feel.
0: Six out of seven, they've won. Uh Titans defense, speaking of Shane Bowen. So I I looked, I ranked the starting eleven preseason defensive players for this team. Tell me, you, we can uh, I'm not really trying to get into a debate about where they should be ranked. I'm just generally ranking them. Number one, Jeffrey Simmons on the defense. Yep. Most important player on the defense, inactive yesterday. This is when Harold Landry was with was Harold healthy. Landry. Okay. So number two, Bud Dupree. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't in, argue. Inactive. Number three, Christian Fulton, <clears throat> inactive. Number four, Danico Autry. Thumbs up. Yeah. Stud. 10 pressures. pressures. Uh, Kevin Byard, number five, played, was there. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Number six, Harold Landry. IR missed the entire season. Number seven, David Long, in and out of the lineup all day yesterday because of the injury, because of how hard he plays. Very, very good player. Uh, Number eight, Amani Hooker, inactive. Yeah. Uh, Number nine, Roger McCreary. Mm -hmm. Okay. Played. Thumbs up. Number ten T.R. Tart. Yep. Okay. Thumbs up. Played. Number eleven Zach Cunningham. I.R. Last player on the defense. does yeah. That give or take, roughly the, the the rankings there. Meaning, I'd agree with that. The meaning they had for the,
1: pretty much f-
0: two players on I.R., four inactive, and one guy got hurt. Yeah. And yet they still forty pressures in roughly fifty dropbacks for Russell Wilson yesterday. After thirty-seven against Kansas City, I I don't know what else we have to say about the defense,
1: man. Well, I mean, you just got called like it is. It's it's elite. I mean, it is 100% an elite defense, and it was very good last year, and it's even better this year. And it's got arguably the weirdest personnel that you're going to see get filled in week in and week out, and they do it without seven to eight of their starters in the game. It's remarkable, the defensive line depth.
0: Like, what happens when all these guys come back? Yeah. And then they still have demarcus walker and rashad weaver and mario edwards you know what you could do
1: is technically not to say you should take your best players off the field but you can actually have a harold Landry's is probably sitting at home thinking damn where's all this fucking depth when i was there (laughs) like
0: last season (laughs) yeah
1: because i mean he he typically you know played every snap and all this stuff and you're getting to a situation where you don't here's here's the thing to me about this defense first off fucking awesome it's amazing But these little piddly contracts that they give out to Kendall Lamb and Jamarco (laughs) Jones and A.J. Moore and these fucking losers that you know are losers. (laughs) Take that money this year, John Robinson. Take those little two to three million dollar contracts that you're giving out to these players and pay the guys that you know are good in your system. Don't let Demarcus Walker walk just because you think that, well, we'll get another Demarcus Walker. You got him. Pay him two million dollars to stay another year. Pay him three million dollars to stay mm. another year. Mm. Like, there's no reason that you shouldn't because you're talking about first off, he's vet minimum, which is like a million dollars. You're talking about a million dollar pay increase instead of spending on the losers that you're spending on, spending on the proven guys. <laughs> so there's two
0: there's two arguments to that. Which is, look, every year I'm finding these guys. I'm I'm just comfortable and. But now you don't have fine. to. I know. Look, look, I, I do think the younger, more talented pieces like Deshaun Han might qualify like at that type of player. Cause he was a five-star recruit big time guy didn't deliver on the hype and, at Alabama or in the NFL. And you kind of get him and make you form him into a player. Edwards is the same way. Like, but Weaver, for example, eight pressures yesterday. He's a guy that is, is a part of your future. Yeah. Like he is the, he's the replacement but you don't for, have to pay him for a while. No, I know what I'm saying is if you feel so comfortable with what you've got, the depth, you've got the ability to find guys and develop guys, I would much rather than invest on in the offensive line,
1: but not, but not but two million dollar is, deal. Like yeah. invest on
0: an eight million dollar deal. <clears throat> yeah, but that's
1: fine. Line. What you're already spending the money year in and year out on these smaller contracts, right? Isn't the money better spent on Jamarc that you spent on Jamarco Jones, Jeff Swaim, and AJ Moore? Better Smith. spent on Andrew Adams, I do like Adams. Uh, Mario Edwards, yeah. and Demarcus Walker. Isn't that money those two or three million dollar deals better spent there to secure those guys that you know? And then instead of paying a big-ass Bud Dupree contract, you pay your you Jeff so now, Simmons. now you can and have And then a- you go down, and then you pay for the offensive line. Pay offensive line, draft wide receivers, by the way, 2023. That's my <laughs> motto. Pay offensive line, draft wide receivers. It's, it's midterms of the season.
0: There's yeah. his uh, elect Zach, president of the offseason. I, I do think that if they think some of these guys are buildable pieces, meaning like... Oh, shit,
1: we got 13 comments rolling four, in.
0: Four or five... Like if they're if those are four or five year players, like you're going to keep them around for a couple of years and you see them having a lot of opportunity to get snaps, then I'm totally like on paper clearly Mario Edwards is worth more. Demarcus Walker is worth more than Kendall Lamb. Like that's not a that's not up for debate. I can't argue that point. I, I'm just saying it's clear that they are able to find these guys. T.R. Tart, uh, Ola Adeni, like they can find guys. Because that's
1: what Vrabel knows the best. Like he is a well, defensive You end say end. that, but then you got to go back to the 2020 defense. So, can you only find guys no, with Shane Bowen? Right. And then, what if Shane Bowen leaves and gets a head coaching job? Then, where are you at there? So, Shane Bowen's the entire reason. Well, I'm just saying, I mean, at some point, we got to start connecting the dots, right? That's true. So, you got to pay Jeff Swain, though. He calls, as Stoney says, at least 8% <laughs> of the plays. <laughs> I I am, yo, listen, I don't know if you, you saw my tweet. My, uh, while we're talking about defense, I don't know if you saw my tweet yesterday. Where I said, uh, when John Robinson trades Big Jeff, you know, oh, in the off he'll point to this game as the reason you why. gave me a, you
0: gave me a bunch of heartburn reading. Re- I was reading uh, the,
1: tweet. the the amount of people who did not detect the sarcasm and jokingness of the tweet <laughs> was. It's, it's always astounds me. Is, I shouldn't be surprised, but it's always hilarious. Well,
0: it's Twitter. It's communication is flat. It's two-dimensional. There's no nuance to it. It's Twitter. What do you expect,
1: Yeah. It's, it, I love well, I'm sewers.
0: verified. They should trust me. And the sewers are getting worse by the day. <laughs> Maybe there's Twitter on Thursday when the game happens. Maybe there's not Twitter on Thursday. Who knows? Anyway, 37 pressures against Kansas City, which sounds like a ton, but 68 pass attempts. Mahomes ran the ball a bunch. They got a couple of sacks. You're talking 37 pressures and about 80 dropbacks. This was forty pressures in like this is eighty percent of the time at about fifty dropbacks. They were after that ass, and I not I'm not pivoting to the to the Green Bay game, but I think it's going to be very very similar because there's not weapons on the outside for Green Bay that can threaten. Denver didn't have those pieces. The difference is the running game. Green Bay mm-hmm. is significantly better at running the football, but I think you have the same approach. Get after Aaron Rodgers on because
1: that offensive line for Green Bay is in trouble. Listen, they're number one. In total pressures, two hundred fourteen total pressures. Now that's from PFF, and they round up your halves. So, like, every, if you get a half a sack, you get one sack apiece. So, like, I'm six one. Yeah, sure, whatever. <laughs> I don't know what that means. I rounded up a half. I don't know how tall you are to begin with. That doesn't—that's lost on me. Um, so two hundred fourteen pressures, but they are, I believe, fifth or sixth least amount in blitz percentage. That means they send more than four rushers about fourteen something percent of the time. Not only that. They're 18th in spending in total defense and cap allocation towards total defense. They're number 5 or number 6 in offense allocated the cap. Clearly it's working. Yeah. So at this point, it's just what they do on defense is just, it's elite. What is going on right now is maybe even historic. I don't know the actual historic numbers, but this has to be when you look at money spent, blitz percentage, amount of pressures, what they're doing on third downs, what they're doing against a run, what they're doing in the EPA per play allowed has to be some kind of like historic record. And I think
0: your boy Herndon tweeted this like something like 60 yards per game rushing yeah. since week three, which is insane. I think the blitz point is really important because it was the same as last year. Yeah. They were they were they're not a high blitz percentage ever. And it opens up your entire defense. If you can, this is not rocket science when it comes to this, it's how the Giants beat the Patriots that were undefeated in 07. If you can pressure the quarterback with your front four, your front five, and not have to bring extra people to disrupt the quarterback, which I think they'll be able to do against Green Bay, they're not going to have to bring extra people, you could sit back and do whatever you want in the secondary. It, you can be creative. You can be fun. You can spy the quarterback if you need to. You could do a lot of different things. And so I, I agree it is remarkable. Shane Bowen, Mike Vrabel, that defensive front, what they've accomplished. I think it's it's extraordinary. Let's Honestly. get into this
1: this Packers game because can I say something about Ryan Stonehouse real fast? Oh yeah, go like ahead. oh R- yeah.
0: Ryan Stonehouse, the uh, record all time. Speak, speaking of big wieners. <laughs> I don't even get the reference. Uh, big feet? He's got big feet, so he must. Uh, Ryan Stonehouse, fifty one point four yards per punt is the NFL all time record, set in nineteen forty, of all times, of course. Stonehouse is at 53.2. Well, they call
1: that the punting renaissance,
0: 1940. <laughs> it was. Uh, that's back when uh, the, Alan Amici, there's a name for you. Dig that one up. 51.4 is the all-time NFL single-season punt record. And Ryan Stonehouse has, is at full two, almost two yards ahead of that at 53.2. So uh, I think somebody on this show told everybody, like back in like May,
1: we were big Stonehouse guys. Hey, well you know you, I'll give you the credit. I oh, I, I you were too. You're telling me all the stories. Once though. I started watching him, I, I was basing like, all my information <laughs> on you.
0: <laughs> no, I feel I feel like we like once you watch the punts, you're like, oh, sh- this is different. Like and yeah. Brett Kern's pretty good, so uh,
1: and he's getting that accuracy down that everybody said. Oh, you gotta keep going. That, that's mine. My... That's exactly what you said. That's a Twitter impersonation at. Uh, is it that's kind of ran into my Mike Herndon impersonation, but it, Mike Mike was all Stonehouse all the time, so I don't want to get that misconstrued. The
0: best impersonation is like just punter Twitter, like just just when you get into a deep conversation about punters on Twitter, that's you know you're in a good place mentally. Uh, yes, the Packers game, we can get into this a little bit because I do not think there are a lot of weapons on either side for both teams. Although Traylon Burks comes back and shows that he's ready to go, at least. Uh, yeah, played I played thirty five snaps, got six targets. yep, christian Christian Watson for Green Bay had three touchdowns, the biggest game of his career this fluke past, on Sunday. on it now. No, I think I think it's a fluke as well. but two they're two the two rookies drafted by both teams are doing things. Just put it at that. Um, Alan Lazard's a pretty nice player, but the the issue here is the offensive line for green Bay. They're the Rabel talked about the running game for Green Bay. It's whichever team can run the football better. It's low scoring. Both defenses are really talented. Both defensive fronts are really talented.
1: It's going to be physical. It's going to be cold. Short week. Green Bay's coming off an emotional win, big time win in overtime. They lost some more players. They lost uh, Wyatt off the defense. I mean, it's not. Sean Green- Gary's out. Yeah. Listen, you guys can complain about the Tennessee <laughs> injury report, but I don't know if you saw Green Bay last year or last week Bad. beat the Titans by one player on the injury report compared to their worst week last year, the <laughs> Titans. I mean, it's bad in Green Bay, and I, and I think it's going to be bad for both teams again. I mean, you might as well you know, turn your phone sideways and get into landscape mode and just you know have to yeah. zoom in because at this point, that thing is going to be fucking massive.
0: Uh, some guy named Mike Herndon suggests, I have some great tw- Twitter receipts <laughs> from the first time I suggested Stonehouse might win the job waiting till he's named first-team All-Pro to bring him out. Why Why wait?
1: Him, why him, wait? Danico Autry, Autry for All-Pro. All we're, we're starting it. In Autry's. fact, Brett Coleman today has now jumped on the train that me and Mike have started two or three weeks ago. Autry for All-Pro, Autry for Pro Bowl. He's never been either, and it's time for him to be both.
0: And and to both you and Mike, I will say this. I was on air at 104.5 when I said Danico Autry will be the most important player on the Tennessee Titans two seasons ago when he was in the off season. So uh, Autry, we are big Autry stands yeah. here on, on the show. On the it, show. I also, know. Also, we're just amazing. Yeah, just basically the, the, uh, most, the most accurate, uh,
1: I think me, you and Mike formed the most accurate trium at trium- triv, tri- 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 triumvirate, triforce, tri- nice tripod of the media. So, I mean, you just throw, we'll throw a mic on there. Let me say this real quick about Autry as well. Um, <laughs> I don't know how many people watch uh, or listen to or watch now because everything's on a video now uh, around the NFL podcast. I don't know if you're a big around the NFL podcast, but there is a guy on there. There's a
0: producer on there that we know about.
1: Yeah. Titans film room, Justin Gravery is over there. Um, Chris Wesley. I don't know if you are familiar with his work, his written work and everything. One of the, one of the best. First off, he's one of the best on the show. But he was one of the best writers, best, most insightful analysts and media members I've ever heard or read. And I was telling Mike, I said, you know, Mike, you know who would fucking love Danico Autry? Chris Wesley. (laughs) And and Chris Wesley was a big guy on Logan Ryan when Logan Ryan was having his, you know, almost all pro years and all this stuff. He's been a big supporter of Titans defense. He loved Mike Frabel. And I'm thinking, man, if he had been around right now, and got to see Danico Atrey, we'd have some real movement yeah. on the all pro Danico Autry front. But me and my to create
0: creative. Yeah, we're doing the best we can. Um, we got the, by the way, we're here at the pharmacy and we're talking about Green Bay. So I've got to at least point out the amazing worsts that are here the brat worsts that are in front of us the curry worst, the knack worst, and the Jaeger worst. Um, you're the spiciest of the three of us, of mm-hmm. the triumvirate. So you're clearly the curry worst. Yeah. Um, I, I guess we'll give, of the knack worst, and the Jaeger. I think knack is a little bit more basic. So it's I'll just beefy. Take, I'll it's just take beefy.
1: So maybe Mike, because Mike's he gets all large. the
0: beef, uh, on the on the Twitter. He's also a large guy, too. He's much taller than me. So I'll be the Jaeger worst. Mike Hern is your knack worst. You got the Dijon mustard here, you got the tots, you got the uh, spicy beer mustard over there. It is spectacular. Now, I will say, if you are traveling to Lambeau Field as a Titans fan, which everyone should do, while this pharmacy worst is the best worst in the city. There's nothing like a cooked bratwurst in the parking lot of Lambeau Field. There's
1: just not. It, it's, what makes it it's so, is it, just the, is it just the environment? Or are you letting your other senses influence your taste buds?
0: No. So there's an art to, to, to cooking a brat. The most important problem that Tennessee people do this. Okay. Tennessee people do this all, pro, all the time. Not the pharmacy, of course. <clears throat> the most important thing to do when cooking your own brats at home is to not pop it. You cannot pop the brat. And if you cook it too long on a grill and it gets too hot, you're going to see the ends pop. All the juice is out at that point. You can't pop the brat. Never pop the brat. So how do you, so how do you prevent?
1: Thing. What's the best way to prevent the pop brat? Boiling
0: your brats okay. in, in like a uh, beer. Yeah. Duh. Uh-huh. Onions and kraut. Okay. Okay. Onions and kraut go in the beer. You get the beer going. You put all the brats in there. They get cooked enough so that they're cooked all the way through. Right. Then you put them on the grill just to That's what them. I do. Flip them, flip them, flip them, flip them. You got to be active, active okay. hands on the grill because you can't be too, you can't leave them there too long. because so then they pop. Most important thing is do not pop the brats. Don't and pop I, the brats. The amount of brats I've eaten at at gatherings in the state of Tennessee where people are serving wonderful brats and the ends are just exploded. And I'm like, I have to. I look at my wife and she's like, don't say anything. And I'm like,
1: eh, I'm from Wisconsin. So like, should you know we should we have a call sign at the end is like a smoke the rocks to don't pop the brats. Don't pop the brats. I don't know. That's it, That's the end, that's the end of the show.
0: <laughs> thanks for thanks for watching a football show. Don't pop the brats. Uh, all right. So I think Rabel talked about it. The Packers have run the football every single defense they face this year. Dylan and Jones are both very good. I, I think that's going to be tough to stop. I think that the Packers are going to struggle to stop Derrick Henry. I don't think either quarterback is going to have a whole lot of time.
1: I think I think it'll be the most yards that they've allowed in a long time, because obviously when you have two really good running backs like Aaron Jones and A.J. And Dillon, it's just it's hard to stop it. I mean, you're not talking about just one guy like Damian Pierce or one guy. Um, like Melvin Gordon, Saquon which gargley. is like really half a guy. <laughs> I was going to say, Melvin Gordon yeah. doesn't count. <laughs> but, like, you know, obviously, you know, since week one and week two, it's going to be a little bit more difficult to contain these two guys because they're also good at pass catching as well, pass blocking. Now, you are right. The offensive line is to tell the tail, tell ta- the tape, tell the tale, tell tail. Tail the game. But all of that works yeah. um, because sh- both of them suck yeah it's bad and and it's it's, it's horrendously bad but the edge goes to the Titans defense in the in the sense that they may not have the most recognizable names through every level of the defense like there's always you know you had well you had yeah. Rashawn Gary but you also have uh, Kenny Young and you have Jair Alexander you have all these other players in there. You know their linebackers are beat up, though. But
0: yeah, they do not have Devondre Campbell, yes. pro last year, their middle linebacker. I'll say that I think it's one of the most talented Green Bay defenses I've seen in 25 years. Um, but they're missing a couple of big pieces in the front seven, which is why I think Derrick Henry will have time. But they can get after the quarterback. Alexander will shut down anything that the Titans throw out there on the outside. Amos and Savage are solid, if not, they're not. They're not as good as the Titans if Bayard and Hooker are out there. I just think it's. The, I mean, the weather. I don't think there's going to be any precipitation, but it's going to be cold. I. I just. It feels like the same kind of Titans game. It feels like thirteen
1: to six. Well,
0: there's you say that. But the last
1: time they played Green Bay, they've been. They've gotten their shit kicked in. It's
0: a different Green Bay team. <laughs>
1: it, it is, but you know, it's just something about the mystique of yeah. going to Green Bay in these winter months and just getting your your. Your teeth knocked down your fucking throat.
0: I think the key is to your point about the emotional win over Dallas on Sunday for Green Bay. The key is, does that is is because Aaron Rodgers was very confident going into that game, and he was saying so as much to the broadcast crew and. Hey, don't forget, boys. Like I'm the two time MVP kind of thing. Like there's there's a lot of arrogance to Aaron Rodgers.
1: Games. Yeah, man. But I mean, like, where was that arrogance for like the first right of, like, nine right. fucking weeks when you're on my fantasy team starting Aaron <laughs> Rodgers? Where was that? Well, I'll, I'll, like and then you're on my bench because I start Daniel Jones, and then that's when he decide <laughs> to go off. Well, it is about your fantasy team. It is. I mean, well, I'm obviously got a full control of Aaron Rodgers, so I'll start him this week in, against Tennessee, and he'll just ship the bed.
0: Oh, I, I would not play him against Tennessee. <laughs> I would not start him against the, the Titans. I, I am
1: betting. I'm still betting the defensive uh, anytime touchdown. I, I would
0: absolutely bet that. I, what's funny is I watch... Obviously, I care deeply about both teams, and I'm watching both teams all the time. I've watched every play of both teams' season. I have zero faith in Matt LaFleur to do anything outside of number 12. Like, it is all Aaron Rodgers... I, there's lots of weird stuff going on in the in the locker room with the defense and Joe Barry, the defensive coordinator. There's a lot of like we're not happy with the play calling and the usage. Like there's a lot of weird stuff. It's very it's very un-Titans where the Titans feel very buttoned up and very professional about all of it.
1: And yeah, I mean Aaron Rodgers is saying, fuck you, yes. It's it's
0: it's very strange. I would take Vrabel and John, I would literally get rid of everybody to get Vrabel and John Robinson as the head coach and GM of the Green Bay Packers. But I, I think the matchup, the key is are, are they riding high because they figured something out because Rogers found the confidence because Watson developed or they figured out how to use Jones and Dylan to get like whatever it may be. Yeah, I'm just, I
1: have a hard time buying in this. Like Watson suddenly gets it. No, no, I don't like, think, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, and so if that, if that, if I don't believe in that, then I can't believe in this green Bay team. I would take the under three touchdowns. this Yeah.
0: Um, <laughs> to your point. The key is, are they learning and figuring it out? And they ended the win streak and that second half meant something. Or was it an emotional victory against an arch rival that they hate deeply and they happen to make a couple of plays at home and now on a short week they're going to get their
1: teeth kicked in. Yeah, you got to wonder how much could is it way. is Aaron Rodgers wanting to just beat Mike McCarthy. Uh,
0: that's another factor like there's a and lot. Now, of and now I you're get. going into a
1: much better mind.
0: I, I think the Titans are going to whip that ass. Honestly, I, wow. I, I think the Titans, now you mean, but not in the scoreboard, no, but technically no. in the game. <laughs> no, Rodgers could have two broken thumbs. Yeah, uh, like I. There's again, <coughs> He landed
1: on that a lot a lot yesterday. I
0: have watched both of these teams, and I'm just telling you the Titans' defensive line is going to eat on Thursday. I do think the Packers running game will be slightly effective. And so the question then is do they stop him to field goals? Okay, so thirteen to
1: nine when you thirteen to nine Titans. When you say before we before we headed to college, because we're running up against it, but when you say Vanderbilt. that they are going to dominate the offensive line, in your mind, who all is on the defensive roster starting? Yeah,
0: that's exactly what I asked you last week. Um I'm ke- I think Simmons plays okay I don't know if bud Dupree does do they
1: have do these players that you're naming have to play for them to still dominate the Green Bay offensive line it,
0: it, it, I don't think so the t- Packers offensive line is not that much better than 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 Denver I, I do think left tackle Bakhtiari is rounding into four like he, yeah. he was out it for so took long. A while to get took back. a long time that's kind of what I mean by like are they finding some things yeah because again it's hard to count out the guy who's a first ballot hall of famer but and at home And to your point, a place where the Titans have struggled. I just think that they are, the Titans are too buttoned up top to bottom as a franchise. Gotcha. I think they are more on the same page, pulling in the same direction, alignment, alignment, alignment. I think that is, they've they've been dealing with these injuries on the defense all season. Last season, they've been dealing with the offensive line issues all year. I think Derrick Henry will find some space. I think Jones and Dylan will find some space. I think it will be lots of handoffs, lots of quarterback pressures, lots of field goals. Five field goals, one defensive touchdown. <laughs> I like it. That's what I'm traveling up to Lambo to see. I'm gonna yeah. go watch that. Um, so I'll take I'll take the Titans in the game. So there you go. And then Friday, 10 a.m. We'll do a recap pod here on a football show. So no no show on Thursday. We'll come back and do an immediate reaction on t- at 10 a.m. Uh, wherever whatever state of mind I'm in. So we'll do that. Uh, all right. Move to some college football. Let's do it. First of all, Kingston Group, Weiss Liquors, Pharmacy. Make sure you. Support all those great local businesses. Weiss Lickers, of course, right over there on Gallatin, right near the Titan Stadium. So if you're leaving the Titan Stadium after a home win, swing by Weiss Lickers for some celebratory booze. If you're leaving the Titan Stadium after a loss, which only happened, I believe, in week one, right, pick up some booze to drown your sorrows. Either yeah. way, Weiss Lickers has the booze. Uh, and of course, Kingston Group, buildkg.com. So make sure you check out them. Nashville's locally owned custom home and remodeling firm. Do not make any decisions about your house, big financial decisions. Trust somebody with that. Just have a conversation with the Kingston group. They will take care of you.
1: They are just so steadfast with the Kingston group, unlike national media and the Colts. Right. Because they they all trash the Colts, and then, oh, they get one win, and, oh, now we all love the Colts again. Good.
0: That's the Jaeger worst right there. So if you come to the pharmacy, get you a Jaeger worst. It's hefty. It's hefty. Uh, SEC football, Tennessee Vols dominate Missouri. They played with their food a little bit, kind of like that. Yeah. They played with their food a little bit, uh, and – uh
1: you regret uh, touching
0: that, Nope, I don't. <laughs> and then eventually pulled away and scored 66 points on Missouri, a team that was top three in the SEC on defense.
1: So. Well, I, I'll say this about University of Tennessee because I, I am okay with them running up the score. Fuck Missouri. Who, fuck why? any other team. It does not matter that it, with, what, what was it, like 30 seconds left, they scored that last touchdown yeah. or something. Like, who gives a shit? It's you a know beauty, what? It's a beauty contest. You know what? Who, if you don't want them to score, maybe your defense should fucking stop them. That's just where I'm at. It's kind of like when Cam Newton made that score and then that old white woman you know, wrote that letter to the uh, Tennessean and, and complained about it. You know what? You know what? Here's how I feel about it. If you didn't want Cam Newton to score and see him fucking dance in your end zone again, maybe the defense should have fucking stopped Was
0: that him. Avery Williamson that like popped him when he was in the end zone? Oh, I'm sure it was. <laughs> that
1: fucking loser. Everybody was all up in arms when he walked away. And
0: look at him now. You don't even know where he's at. I think he went to the Jets first. and Now I don't know. Yeah. Um, that letter is one of my favorite things that's ever happened in Titans football history, by the way. That letter, just like, well, I'm going to write a letter. It's like Karen
1: before Karen existed. <laughs> yeah. Like, we nobody knew that the thing was called white people, white women, Karen, that, you know, asked for your manager. But she was like, she was the Karen of Karens, the pinnacle of Karens. I mean, her. I
0: think, I think Cam Newton's ridiculous. Like, his personality is just kind of ridiculous. Not bad. I just think it's ridiculous. And. But like to to sell to write a letter to an organization to tell them to stop dancing yeah. is just the stupidest. It's shit ever. But anyway,
1: uh, I, agree. I, I, I This
0: isn't Pop Warner football. Yeah. Like if you want to teach 8-year-olds and 10-year-olds about how to be a good sportsmen,
1: fine. This
0: is this is you a playoff what? caliber team. I mean,
1: don't fucking waste your time teaching your kids that because guess what? It doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> because if they're going to be good if they're going to be a good and a, a, a excellent football player at the next level, It won't matter. It does not <laughs> matter if they're a good sportsman. You know who is right, a great sportsman guy? Jay Barker. And now he just travels around Alabama churches just to talk to people.
0: Makes a lot of money being a, being a.
1: Hey, I'm sure he does, but he wasn't a very good fucking football player at the next level, was he? he?
0: No, here's the thing. The Tennessee Volunteers are one of the top four teams in college football, in my opinion. Yeah. I've, I've said this for, no doubt. for weeks. It is Georgia, Tennessee, Ohio State, and Michigan. They are the four best teams in college football. Full stop. That's it. TCU, ha- great win over the weekend, but they are not better than Tennessee
1: or Georgia or Michigan or Ohio State. You know not what right the, that win proved to me? Texas isn't back. And <laughs> I was told, I was told. Texas is back. Um, but that's my mic. Hardened impression. That one is
0: very (laughs) clear. But uh, I, I, it is a beauty contest at this point because you only have two more games: South Carolina and Vanderbilt. You're going to be heavy favorite. I think they're three touchdown favorites against South Carolina. They're going to be huge favorite against Vanderbilt. By the way, we'll get to Vandy. Congratulations. But if it's a beauty contest and game control matters and how you look matters to people, then you got. I don't care. Like it's. And Pac-12
1: went their way, right?
0: Pac-12 took a dump on itself. Aaron, yeah. UCLA lost. Oregon lost a close game. I don't think they should fall too far. But now all you got left in the Pac-12 is USC. So Clemson's lost. Now you got USC USC's the only one left. They've got to play UCLA, Notre Dame, and then a Pac-12 championship game. So they could easily lose again. They need TCU to lose a game. But here's what it's going to come down to. Like I said two weeks ago, it is going to be one loss Michigan versus one loss Tennessee for the last spot. That is what it's going to be in my guess. And yeah. when that happens... I think Tennessee will get in based on strength of schedule and resume with better wins. If Michigan loses by three or something close at Ohio State, what if Michigan that's where I'd be worried.
1: How does that affect Tennessee's I chances? I
0: think Ohio State has a slight edge over Tennessee okay. at that point. Maybe. Maybe. How does it happen matters.
1: Yeah. But this is why you score.
0: This <clears throat> right. is why you score the next. This is why you go from 59 to the, the
1: boo. It doesn't really matter how much you score or how much you lose by or how much you win by. Well, he
0: he was he was talking about are you talking about the loss? Yeah. Well, he was saying that both teams got dominated, is yeah. what he was saying, which technically is true. Yeah. T- Tennessee got dominated by Georgia. There's no question. But so here's the point. So would everybody else. Yeah. Let's just not let's not lie to ourselves. Congratulations to the Vanderbilt Commodores. Anchor down. First victory in the SEC since October 19th, 2019. And Here's all you have to, I have to say about this, and I'll let you explore the studio space. Clear sign of progress for Clark Lee and the Vanderbilt yeah. Commodores in year number two. Absolutely cannot argue. Nope. Factually, it is progress. Yep. Patience and investment is the name of the game on West End. If you want more than that, go root for another team. But you need patience and you need investment. And if you do those two things for Clark Lee, I think you'll see some ben- I think you'll see the, the rewards pay off in the end.
1: And I'll talk about Kentucky real quick and that Will Levis sucks. <laughs> I do not think he is a pro quarterback. I do not get it. And still, even during this game, after this loss, you still saw people expect or say, I think he'll be the second quarterback off the board. Look, if he's the second quarterback off the board to Houston Texans or Indianapolis Colts or awesome. whatever, oh my God, thank you. So, Thank you.
0: So I'll I, I'll reach out and pick this up real fast, but I worked with Mel Kiper on Sunday and, yeah. or Saturday morning, and I asked him, I said, who's your big board right now for 2023? Like how have the quarterbacks evolved this year? And he's like, right now it's CJ Stroud. He's my number one quarterback on the board, which I tend to agree with.
1: I think Bryce, I, I disagree a little bit. And I, and
0: I think Bryce young is, might be the guy I would take. I don't think this quarterback class
1: is as good as everybody wanted I, to make it out to be. By I actually the way. completely
0: agree with you. He said, Anthony Richardson will go in the first round. So Anthony Richardson's coming out. Great win by Florida. A couple nice wins by
1: Florida. By I way. do not think Anthony Richardson is, is going to go in the first round.
0: He's very, very young. And he's um, going to come out. I, I think he's a first-round pick. He's extraordinarily talented, but you know the NFL—they are obsessed with ability. They're not—they're—they are obsessed with like physical attributes, right? Like they—and to be fair, everyone missed on Josh Allen by and large. From a from a college, coaches missed on him. College scouts missed, but on Josh him. Allen had College the
1: arm and But everything. his num-
0: no, his numbers were terrible at Wyoming. It doesn't
1: matter about the numbers, but the, the, to me is about his arm strength. I don't see Will Levis have the, that same arm strength. I see a very similar.
0: Okay, not at, not like speed wise, yeah. like athletic in open field. I see two very similar scouting reports.
1: I, see, I feel like it's Big, Tim Tebow. I think of, Will Levis is Tim Tebow.
0: I think his arm is way better than Tim Tebow.
1: Accuracy-wise or strength-wise? thing.
0: I am not taking Will Levis. Yeah. I don't think Will Levis is as highly rated as people think. Mel Kuyper told me this weekend he will be number one on his overall big board. <laughs> number one. Now that I will disagree with. Yeah. But but <laughs> but he gets his information from NFL scouts. He's like, I've talked to everyone in the league, and they all love him. And I'm like, you guys can – this is the other thing here that's, yeah. that's interesting. This is not a Levis Conver thing. This is Tennessee fans. I have never seen a fan base more obsessed with a football player than Tennessee people are with Will Levis. It is hilarious to well, me. They
1: they they're still obs- They talk more about their ex coach than Taylor Swift talks about uh, any of his yeah, ex boyfriends. This is they, I mean, are, they they are obsessed <laughs> with Lane. If Zach Reagan goes without one day without tweeting about Lane Kiffin and bringing up Lane Kiffin out of nowhere. I'm pretty sure Zach
0: Reagan will explode. I love. Lane. He will cease to exist. I am a Tennessee alumni who loves everything about Lane Kiffin. I love everything about Lane Kiffin.
1: There's my no reason. God. There's no. I've asked Tennessee people this year. This is why. Like, why it's do Hard you hate- for me to root for UT because <laughs> I, I fucking hate their fans I, so much.
0: I'm not gonna. I can't. I, I was literally texting with a couple of my buddies who he can't go like four texts without bringing Will Levis into the conversation, and and I think it's because of, it's because and I talked about it on Twitter with a few fans too. I want to know why. And I think, number one, he's the, the quarterback who got overhyped. People don't believe in the hype. Tennessee whipped that ass. Tennessee also has a quarterback that they think should be more hyped than that. Does not get the same national conversation because he's not the same level of product or prospect as Will Levis. And and Tennessee's riding <coughs> high right now, so they don't like the fact that Will Levis gets conversation and Hooker doesn't. Even though it's but is it the conversation
1: that matters? I guess. Like, it doesn't I really. Think it does. I don't think. It like, it shouldn't you as a UT fan. This is why UT fans fucking suck. Don't, they they don't focus their rage appropriately. I completely agree. Because right now your focus and attention should be on being fucking awesome yes. and being in the college football playoff uh, thing and celebrating talking about why you're there. Not worried about what some fucking loser at CBS Sports talks about. Uh, Will Levis I, and puts him as number one I and, totally not, agree. and not what Lane Kiffin is doing, you know, if, if he's at top. some get some manicure somewhere like they're like, oh, well, he's just thinking about UT. I bet he wishes at UT look, you're on top of the mountain. Quit <laughs> punching down. You fucking idiots. God, wasting! Okay? They're wasting! Okay? They're wasting time.
0: I I agree with this, and I asked somebody this. Uh, uh so she works in media in Knoxville, and I was like, "What?" She, she was like, so "It was like Ole Miss was playing somebody," and like she was like, "I hate both of these coaches." Why? Who should I root for? And I was like, "Why do you hate Link Kiffin?" And I was treated like I had like grown a second head, and and it's like, "What do you What do you mean? He left for his dream job." 13 years ago and then got fired on a tarmac like what are you talking like who cares link kiffin is hilarious he's funny he's over there giving alabama a run for his money i know that you threw some mustard at him last year but it was a great game yes. and matt corral made a couple plays and Hendon hooker didn't that's the end of the discussion i i don't know I, I agree i think they focus their energy on the wrong things and then they don't get any sympathy because they've done that yeah frankly who cares what what national scouts have to say about will levis like who cares so, beat, it's, like the, it's like what they—it's like when six. people talk
1: about well Titans don't get any national recognition yeah welcome to the last fucking right. 20 fucking years since they've been in nashville <laughs> <laughs> they're not gonna get any fucking recognition uh, like you just get used to
0: it. so congratulations to mike right by the way i believe player of the week in the sec oh wow long touchdown run there that's a really really good win for vanderbilt we should have stayed focused on vanderbilt we should have. although vanderbilt fans probably enjoy us cussing yeah. tennessee so it's fine um so congrats anchor down clark lee all you guys that's a really big win on the road against Kentucky. Uh, I'm not worried about Kentucky's program. I think it's just, I, you know, Kentucky's program is what it is. It's stable. It's moving forward, but it's not ever going to be elite because you can't really win championships there. Um, otherwise the, around the the rest of the sec, uh, pretty, you know, the Ole Miss Alabama game. I don't know how you felt about it. I thought it was a really entertaining game. I enjoyed myself.
1: Oh, I fucking hated it. You hated it. The Alabama LSU LSU game. No, no, no. Alabama uh, Ole Miss Ole Miss. That's what it's a nice win i I hated win. it you know why because my dad uh, obviously doesn't listen to the or watch the show because he he's texted so me yeah because he texted me exactly what I fucking said all week which he, he texts me out of the blue and he goes yeah I just really hate that we don't have an offensive coordinator to root for It's like, yeah I've been saying that all week neither of our teams have an offensive <laughs> coordinator I'm I hate I hate watching Alabama he's, play he's not good no yeah. he's not good Bill O'Brien uh, I did not enjoy... I mean, I'm glad they won, but I did not enjoy watching it. And I, it's, it's really hard for me to enjoy football this year rooting for any of my teams. Your new Carolina Panthers head football coach, Bill O'Brien. <laughs> oh, thank God, please. <laughs> please take him. Someone take him.
0: Uh, so uh, c- Cadillac Williams, cool story at Auburn. Yeah. Big win for him. That's a really cool story. Uh, and, and
1: it's against Jimbo Fish. The only time I'll probably ever root for Auburn just because I do like Cadillac Williams from a fantasy football standpoint.
0: LSU, congratulations on clinching the Western Division. Holy hell, isn't that crazy? Uh, we did tell you before the season that LSU was going to be much better than people thought. Yeah, but if not KJ this, Jefferson this had played, not this good. I think that we said that last week on the yep, show. You if, if he did, and he didn't would have played, play. If he would have played, I think they could they would have won that game. That yep. was not a pretty football game. LSU, by the way, sixteen point underdog already to Georgia. Woo! In the SEC championship game, nice. no one is beating Georgia, folks. <laughs> no one is going to beat Georgia. Uh, there you have it. Uh, I think that's about it. That's it. Congrats to LSU. Congrats to Tennessee. Congrats. At Vanderbilt the Titans has a lot of victories here on Monday of course make sure you check out the pharmacy look at this look at this you got the curry worst the knack the knock worst the Jaeger worst you got of course the Poolaner Oktoberfest there you got the tots and the mustard it's called the Laner it's Paul Lanner is it Tennessee Paul Lanner Tennessee what's the volunteers nickname the Tennessee oh the Vols okay
1: Okay, well, I if didn't know that's what you were doing.
0: We are going to intentionally mis-say things.
1: <laughs> poo liner. It's the Poo Laner. It's like the Poo like it's, it's like zoo, a shitty Zoolander. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there was that one time you were sandwiched between the Finnish gnomes and the dwarves, <laughs> and it was just like... Psh, psh, psh. <sighs> oh, I'm not an ambi-turner, Zach. Uh, all right. Kingston Group, Weisslickers Pharmacy. Everybody enjoy the game on Thursday night. We'll be back at 10 a.m. on Friday to recap every single thing that happens regardless of what state of mind I am in. Zach, where can the good people find you?
1: At F-Word Spot on Twitter, you can find me anywhere that you get your podcast, football and other F-Words. And, of course, you can find this show anywhere that you get your podcast as well, because we do this the the, the next day as well. Uh, you got YouTube, at Broadway Sports, at 440 Sports. You have Facebook at those same two places. You can find me in all those places all the time. I have no life outside of doing this.
0: <laughs> um, if you're wandering around Lambeau Field before the game, come find me. Uh, shoot me a tweet or something. We'll we'll come say hello. We'll get some. We'll, we'll we'll talk to some Titans folks that made the Mecca journey. Don't pop the brats though. And he don't, ain't gonna
1: come. Don't pop the brat. If you pop the brats,
0: don't pop the brat. For Zach, I am Braden. Thanks for hanging out here at the pharmacy on a victory Monday. This has been a football show. Don't pop the brat. Everybody.